This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Let's see now. Uh, what are we going to talk about today? Let me call Josh. Josh, are you on the line yet? Josh, you there? I'm here. I'm here, Ron. I'm ready for you. Hey, listen, I was just talking, you know, with our producer, Nick, and I know you wanted to zero in on middling today, but he wants to bring in hedging. I know you really didn't want to do that, but do you mind? I mean, Nick's really wanting to do this. So if we can add hedging to middling. Absolutely. Anyone who's got a, a sharp edge, let's bring Nick in. Let's hear what he has to say. Okay, can you listen? I gotta, I gotta talk to him for just a second. Cause can you just step offline? I gotta ask him about some like money things. Okay, can you just step away? <laughs> you got okay. it. I'm out. <laughs> All right, thanks. Hey, uh, let's see. Let me get Nick on the line. Nick, Nick, are you there? What's up, Ron? How are you? Hey, Nick. I was just talking to Josh, and he's pretty adamant about this. I know you only want to do this show about hedging, but he really wants to talk about middling. Can you? take that on. I mean, I know you're not keen to do that, but can we do that just to, you know, keep the water smooth? I think anything for Josh to keep him happy. We can absolutely do that. Okay, there you go. And what you just saw there was playing two ends against the middle. How about if we play the middle against two ends on today's show? Welcome to the Everything Guide to Sports Betting Podcast. Learn how to be a smarter better from the experts at VSIN, the sports betting network. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Flatter and Josh Applebaum. The Everything Guide to Sports Betting today, talking about middling, hedging, and a word if you're a beginner to sports gambling you might not have heard before arbitrage. I seem to remember that from a 1980s movie, but we'll get to that a little bit later on, maybe much later on. Sooner than that, though, Ron Flatter here and Josh Applebaum there. Josh Middling, I gave a little real-life demonstration about that, but it's a good thing in gambling, and if you don't know what it means, Josh, try to explain for the beginner how it is that you can be guaranteeing yourself a profit in certain bets. 
Yeah, so Ron, I think first off, you know, when we're talking about some more advanced concepts overall, really today's show, we're talking middling, hedging, arbitrage. I think it's important for new betters to know that, you know, once you get the foundation down, you get the basics down, you re you understand the spread, the money line, the total, how juice operates, obviously that tax or commission, we have to pay the sports books. Once you get that down and you can advance from there, then you can move on to more concepts. So that's really what today's show is, uh, is about overall. But um, after that great intro, Ron, I think middling, the easiest way to know about middling is, you know, you're going to hear uh, this term a lot and you want to know what it means, but more importantly, you want to know how to use it to turn a profit. So oftentimes you'll hear sports betters say, you know, I have a juicy middle on this game. I think that's kind of mm -hmm. the, uh, you know, the jargon you'll hear most, most often, but basically what you're doing when you're middling is you're placing two opposing bets uh, on both sides of a game. And what your your goal here is that if you create a middle opportunity where a, a, you know, uh, a final score can land within a certain margin of victory, you can cash both bets overall. So it's kind of a more intermediate concept overall, but it's pretty easy when you think about it. And really what you're doing is you're focusing on spread bets and total bets and trying to take advantage of when line lines move, where you can maybe bet one number early and then see that line move to a different number, uh, bet another the opposite side late. And now you've created a big middle opportunity where if the number lands anywhere in that middle, again, you cash both bets. And why is that awesome? Because you can go two and zero instead of going one and zero. And it's kind of a low risk, high reward, too, because, Ron, even with middling, if you go one and one, you're guaranteed to win one of them. You only lose the juice overall. So it's really a low risk opportunity. But to really put it into a very easy concept overall, let's give our listeners uh, for the visa and everything guided sports betting a very easy example. Ron, yeah, I can't wait New to hear the two teams you're going to pick. I, I'm going to guess that a, a New England area team is going to be favored by a little and then by a lot. So let's hear how this goes. I know, Ron. And hey, it's tough, though, to be a New England fan because Tom Brady's gone and it used to be every game the Patriots were a favorite. I think we're going to see more more uh, more Patriot dog opportunities this year with uh, whoever the quarterback will be. But uh, for example, Ron, let's say the Patriots open as a two and a half point favorite minus two and a half. They're playing the New York Jets. Everyone loads up on the Patriots, sharp squares, the whole market. That line moves after opening Patriots minus two and a half up to Patriots minus three and a half. So what kind of middling opportunity is there and why is this important? Let's say early on you bet the Patriots at minus two and a half. Maybe you bet it early in the week. Throughout the week, that heavy action pushes that number up to three and a half. So now you bet the Jets plus three and a half. So what have you done? You've created a middle opportunity where at the NFL, three is the most key number, most common margin of victory. If this game lands on three and the Patriots win by three, again, perfect middle opportunity. Why is that important? Because your first bet that you placed on the Patriots minus two and a half, Pats win by three, you win that bet. But also that second bet that you made on the Jets plus three and a half, you're able to catch that as well because, again, our favorite thing in betting, round, you got the hook. So that's just a perfect example there of middling. You, you place two bets on both sides of a game uh, and obviously at, at better numbers for each end. And then if the game lands on that middling opportunity, boom, you've gone 2-0. and oh, You've doubled up your winnings. You're guaranteed to win one of them, even if it goes you go one and one. And again, maybe only your maybe the Patriots win by six. You win your Pats minus two and a half, but you lose your Jets three and a half. You've only lost the juice, that 10 cents or whatever you've paid. So, you know, looking around key numbers, a low mm -hmm. risk, high reward. Anytime you hit a middle. The other thing, Ron, is when you hit a middle, you feel great. It, you feel yeah, like you just do. like a Goliath, a man amongst men. And uh, that's the key there. Middling 
doubling up uh, and finding a juicy middle, and hopefully it lands in that middle. I think it's one of those cases when you do hit that middle, you wind up blowing all the money on cigars. Uh, that when, uh, ends up being a possible ability and maybe on whatever liquor you're going to have to celebrate as well. But you did suggest an example, and I know you did this as an example, about the outcome coming to exactly three. Let's look at the other side of this, though. And I know you're a contrarian. Why you might not do it in this case, because... You'd need it to be three. You wouldn't go into a bet and say, I want this outcome to be exactly three points. This is where bettors are going to want a bigger middle. You can get a bigger middle sometimes on point spreads. You can certainly get a bigger middle on totals. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Ron. You know, when we're talking about totals, again, a total is going to move uh, a, lot, a lot of times much more than a spread will move, especially NFL. It's a sport where, you know, you have such tight lines and the NFL is considered one of the hardest markets to beat. So you're not going to see big fluctuations in line movements. You might see a point, point and a half, two points, but really it, it's it's typically what it opens at, closes at. It's not too far off, but totals, completely different ballgame. I'll give you a perfect example, Ron. I remember, um, you know, there's a, there's a system I look at in terms of military academies when you have Army, Navy, or Navy, Air Force, or Air Force, Army. Oftentimes, the under hits at a really high rate because they both run mm -hmm. the ball a ton and they just chew up the clock. They never throw it. Uh, the clock's running the whole time and there's these long drives. They go for it on fourth down. You know, they get stopped. What, why is that important? I oftentimes will hit an opportunity where, you know, a total may open on a military academy game at, let's say, 40. And then it falls all the way down. It get, gets absolutely crushed. You see this a lot of times in a, a weather game where the wind is really, um, you know, 20 miles an hour or more. But you bet the under 40 early and then it gets crushed. Everyone come, you know, the public learns about this concept with these these uh, these running schools playing the triple option, chewing the clock, always landing on an under. You hit the under 40. It moves all the way down to I've seen, you know, a t even a 10 point drop on a total gets down mm -hmm. to 30, 31 and a half. What have you done there, Ron? You took the under at 40 when it opened early. You then you took the over when it bottomed out at, you know, over 31, over 31 and a half. You've created a massive middle opportunity mm -hmm. where if that total lands on anywhere between 32 and 39, juicy seven point middle there, boom, you can hit both spots. So you're, you're, you're totally right, Ron. You know, around those key numbers, NFL, it lands on the three. That's perfect. But, you know, if you can create basically the moral of the story the bigger middle you can create oftentimes easier with totals the easier it is to cash and that's really a type of spot where you know no matter the outcome you're sitting pretty entering that game knowing that it can land on any one of those margin of victory numbers and you can double up and go two and oh if you're asking yourself why would i do a middle when there's only one outcome at play in a point spread why wouldn't i do totals all the time well it can happen either way totals can move a little and the points spread a lot an injury that is reported later in the week in football a basketball circumstance where you find out a star player you thought was going to play an hour and a half before the game winds up not playing and that's what will move the point spread what you're looking for in a middle circumstance is a big move and then you create a bigger middle so don't just look at that two and a half and 
wait for it to get to three and a half, you might say to yourself as a better, I'm not going to move on that unless it gets to, say, four and a half or more. And that's perfectly fine. That's wonderful strategy. And Josh, there's a movie that portrayed this whole concept very well. It wasn't in sports. But the Eddie Murphy, Dan Aykroyd movie, Trading Places, where they were middling orange futures, is the best example in a more public or more general consciousness of what the middling strategy is. And you don't need Clarence Beeks to run around with the Orange Futures Report to find out how to do this. Pay attention to the numbers early in the week, late in the week, if it's football, early in the day, late in the day, if it's basketball. Or I'll give you one more, Josh. How about this? Games of the year or early betting on NFL games, say, in the spring, anticipating the fall. Same thing with colleges. Take a position then, and then when the lines come out the week of the games, compare against what you bet earlier and find out that that number that you had a month, two months, five months ago creates a wonderful foundation for your middle to bet the other way when you get to the fall and the season rolls around. Yeah, I think it's a great point, Ron. I think, you know, long story short, maybe you bet Alabama game of the year against Auburn at minus three and a half, and then maybe Auburn has injuries or they don't play as well or, um, you know, they're not what the odds makers or betters expect them to be. You bet a minus three and a half Alabama, the real line is then six and a half or seven or whatever it may be, and then you can kind of buy low. To me, you know, middling is all about buy low, sell high. And, you know, if a line really doesn't move at all from where it opens to the current number, you don't have middling opportunities. You can't go into every bet looking for a middle. You kind of have to let, you know, the market progress and the market take over. And really what you're trying to do is, you know, buy low on one number, sell high on another. And the goal is to really, you know, overall, again, create that middle, increase your chances of winning overall, but kind of get in the mindset of, you know, I'm looking for big line moves. That's the key. If the line doesn't move a lot, you're not really going to have a middling opportunity. And then, Ron, we always got to mention, especially to new bettors, you know, um, middling and just any, you know, sports betting in general, it's so important to shop for the best line and have multiple outs. I can't tell you, you know, how hard it is. I talk to my friends all the time and I, I try to tell them to, uh, I try to refer them to different books and get them to bet at different books. And they say, no, I love sports book A. I got an account there. I've bet there for years. I feel comfortable with it. But you're really, really hurting yourself if you're only betting at one sports book because maybe that book doesn't ever get to three and a half or it only stays at three and you need the three and a half or the four. If you're just betting through one book, you're really hurting yourself and not allowing yourself to, you know, take advantage of these middling opportunities. So, you know, have five, six, seven different sports book accounts shop for the best line. You know, always go to the South Point first and Circa and the Borgata and the MGM and the books we love, Ron. But, you know, especially, you know, online mobile betting. Make sure you have multiple outs, shop for the best line, because maybe one book is giving you that extra half point, which creates that, you know, juicy middle. Whereas if you only have that one book, you don't have that opportunity available to you. And it's a reminder, too, you don't have to be at the same book to middle. You can get one side of the bed at one place and the other side at another. In fact, that's usually encouraged. Now, there's another angle to all of this, and you've heard us talking about in real life or even in sports gambling, hedging our bets. So why don't we get into that? It's a different way of middling, and so we'll discuss that as well. And, oh, yeah, 
how you might want to look at in-game hedging and middling as part of all of this. In fact, you might want to do that more than what we like to call the pre-flop bet. Gil Alexander, our friend on a numbers game at VSIN, came up with that term and pioneered it. Pre-flop, like in poker, the flop play. Pre-flop is the number you bet before the game begins, but there's also in-game as well. Something you can do to middle, something you can do to hedge. But why don't we dive in to hedging bets as we continue on the Everything Guide to Sports Betting on VSIN. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance, <laughs> Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hedging your bets. We're talking about that now on the Everything Guide to Sports Betting on VSIN. So, Josh, hedging a bet. I have a story of how I did this successfully the first year of the Vegas Golden Knights, and Brent Musburger yelled at me because he said, well, you're betting against yourself. And in essence, that's exactly what I did. But what happened was... I was literally coming back from the Preakness Stakes the year the Vegas Golden Knights in their first season went to the Stanley Cup Final. I was in a cab. It was my first chance to use my Nevada app again. And the Washington Capitals were down three games to two, had just lost game five, and were now nine to one to win the Stanley Cup. So we now know they won the Stanley Cup. And I I put a 
I'm on that bet. I dropped a C note, a hundred dollars. It's something you know. That's a lot of money for a kid like me. I dropped a hundred dollars on the Capitals to win at nine to one. In the middle of the series, in the middle of the series, when the Capitals had a lead, the Golden Knights were in a position to where I was able to hedge the bet. I then bet the Golden Knights so that I would guarantee myself a $450 win either way. And so if the Capitals had won, and they did, I won the 900. I lost the 450 on the other side with the Golden Knights, but I would have won that money, actually would have been 500, if the Golden Knights had won. So in essence, I guaranteed myself a profit, and a pretty nice one at that, in the middle of the series. Sat back, cigars were lit at that point. Brand felt like I should just ride the bet, and yeah, sure, in hindsight, he would have been right. I, that 100 made me 900, but I was very happy sitting back and knowing that I had uh, several hundred dollars in my pocket before the series was even over. Yeah, Ron, I think that's a great story to get us started here on hedging because, you know, when we talk about hedging, you know, what does it mean? Again, you know, basically we want to provide, you know, easy terms for people to, to remember these these uh, these different terms by. So what is hedging? Basically, it's when you've already placed one bet and then you place a second bet on the opposing side of your original bet with the goal of guaranteeing a profit no matter what the outcome is overall. So I think, Ron, you, you had a perfect example here with that conversation with Brent. You know, hedging is a personal decision. You know, you can put up a Twitter poll. You can talk to uh, a bunch of different bettors and people will have differing opinions overall when it comes to hedging. So it's kind of a personal thing about, you know, who you are mm -hmm. as a better and your personality and your risk level. And it's basically the eternal conundrum. Uh, Ron, the great philosopher, uh, Bill Shakespeare once said, um, <laughs> hedging is for landscapers. I don't know if you knew that uh, to hedge or not right? to hedge. Uh, he did, right? I believe so. Yeah. That midsummer, uh, midsummer Night's Dream, I think, right? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, but he, again, it's all about, you'll hear the term um, hedge or let it ride. Those are your, your two options. And basically, again, I think, you know, when it comes to hedging, it's all about what you risked, you know, initially and what you stand to win. You know, if you have a, a really small bet to, you know, win a ton of money, you, you, you know, you jumped on a great futures early and, and you're going to cash big let it ride. You don't have much to lose at that point. But if you have a lot of money on the line, again, guarantee yourself a profit to me, um, you know, go big or go home. That's kind of the, uh, the thought process for letting it ride and just not hedging and just, you know, hoping that your initial bet won, but also it's hard to not guarantee yourself some money. You know, if you started with your original bet and I told you, you know, Ron, you can, uh, you can either, you know, take home a thousand dollars right now, or, you, you know, depending on the outcome, I'll give you 500. You only risk, risk a hundred. You can guarantee yourself to win, uh, you know, half a, uh, you know, half a good amount there, then boom, you know, some people would take that to guarantee yourself some money overall. So kind of what I look at, you know, hedging is again, you place a great futures bet, Good example. I'm glad you brought up the Knights, Ron, is that... Yeah, you know, I'm just going to say, when you talk about futures yeah. bets, and remember, for those who don't know what a futures bet is, a futures bet is a bet on the outcome of a season, per se, before it begins. And you see this beforehand. You often hear the discussion of it that a team might go into the season. The Kansas City Chiefs are 4-1 to one to repeat as a Super Bowl champion. And you make that bet before the season begins, or you can even do it during the season. The prices change. But... The Chiefs being a four to one futures bet. What will they do in the future at the end of the season? Will they or won't they win the Super Bowl? There are usually pretty good prices on those, which dovetails then into your story, Josh. 
Yeah, Ron, that's a great point. You know, again, a futures bet, a bet that you're making on an outcome that is, you know, months and months in advance. And again, you got to have some patience with futures. I think a lot of bettors want that immediate gratification to know that, you know, by midnight tonight, I'll either have won or lost. I don't want to have to wait so long and figure it out. But futures can really provide a lot of value and help you pad your bankroll over the long term. But just to get back to the Knights, because to me, this is kind of the perfect example of whether or mm -hmm. not to, to hedge. Um, you know, the, the Vegas Knights, their inaugural season in the NHL, the 27-2018 season. Uh, anytime you have a, a new team, an expansion team, you know, they never, ever do well. You can almost set your clock to it because, again, it's a brand new team, you know, brand new players. Uh, there's a lot of bumps in the road. Usually they're, you know, a guaranteed last place team. So the Knights opened at some books 500 to 1, 250 to 1, 300, 300 to 1, these massive, massive long shots to win the Stanley Cup. And of course, you know, Vegas is the epicenter of thing. And, you know, even though it's getting legalized, across the country, you know, Vegas is still the hub overall. And people are saying, hey, you know, I'll bet 100 on the Knights. Why not? I'll lose my 100, but it'll be a good story if they do well. And what happened, Ron? Just like uh, you're able to hedge later in the cup finals, uh, the Knights w took Vegas by storm. They made the Stanley Cup finals. And this was a huge thing. I remember reading about it. The books had massive liability on the Vegas Knights because you had all these bettors who just threw 100 bucks down. But, you know, when you're betting $400 at 300 to 1 and you could walk away with 120 grand, you know, add up all these bets and the books were sweating, sweating so hard that if the Knights end up winning the cup in their first season when no one expected them to do, you know, they're going to take a huge hit overall. So, you know, a big topic of conversation when the Knights made the cup finals was, you know, a lot of people, you know, a lot of uh, different media outlets were interviewing people with Vegas Knights futures tickets. And they were saying, what are you going to do? Are you going to let it ride? Which means you're just going to hope the Knights win and cash that big ticket. Or are you going to bet on the Capitals? You could, you know, bet a series price on the Capitals. You could money line them uh, in any game you wanted to. And basically what happened there, hedging was the way to go because the Caps ended up winning. And, you know, you had that big, you know, hit score if the Vegas Knights were to win when you bet that future. But also if you had bet on the Caps to win, you're guaranteeing yourself um, a profit no matter what happens. So there are a lot of examples of this, you know, whether hedging was the right call or letting it ride was the right call. Again, personal preference, but just knowing that the uh, the opportunity is here for you, having having the opportunity to decide what you want to do is key. And all better should know this. Uh, hopefully you place a great future. Either you win that future or you can guarantee yourself a profit later by betting the other side. You know, one of the things with futures, of course, you know that your money is going to be sitting around for a while. So ask yourself if your money would be better off in your pocket. You're using it in the present tense or in the future, because as always with inflation, money devalues over time. So you also have to think about that as one more reason that you have to do a little mathematics in your head before you place that long term futures bet. OK. Prop bets enter into what we call arbitraging or arbitrage, scalping, another name for it. Prop bets are out there. Prop bets are the ones you hear about a lot at Super Bowl time. Will a quarterback throw for more than X number of yards in a game? Will a team have X number of interceptions in a game? Will the score be more in the Super Bowl than it was, say, the total points in the Super Bowl for the two teams than, say, a college basketball game with one team on the same day. Those are prop bets. Those are the ones that are fun to talk about. Not always necessarily fun to bet on like anything else, but we take that as an example of how you might want to arbitrage, Josh. 
Yeah, arbitrage is a fancy word that uh, you can really impress someone if you actually know what it means, Ron. So uh, <laughs> if, you, if, you're got, if you're going on a first date and you really want to throw out the, uh, the the knowledge card on somebody. Well, my and, and my, really, my uh... wife frowns on me dating, Josh, but that's all right. Go ahead. <laughs> Well, my girlfriend does too, but uh, it's, it's all good. Um, but yeah, Ron, you know, talking about arbitrage, what does it mean? It's also known as scalping. You'll hear you'll uh, hear that term a lot uh, within the gambling industry and gambling, uh, you know, culture. But what you're doing is literally guaranteeing guaranteeing yourself a profit by shopping around and trying to basically take advantage of market inefficiencies by betting both sides of a bet. So this is kind of uh, it's a rare term, but it's really, really awesome when you're able to hit these because, you know, it takes some time. You have to have the ability to um, really do your research. You have to have, you know, multiple accounts at a bunch of different sports books and look at uh, situations where books are really off in terms of what lines they're offering. Uh, but this is kind of a free money opportunity overall. You know, when we talk about prop bets, a propositional bet. Again, it's any kind of bet that's outside the conventional spread money line over under, and it's not based on the outcome of the game. Um, but a good example, again, you know, Super Bowl props, those are the biggest. You know, everyone becomes a prop better during the Super Bowl, whether you want to bet, you know, the over under on the national anthem, will it be two minutes and one second or more or whatever, um, or the color of the Gatorade dumped on the winning coach. You can actually bet props all year long, and they've become very, very popular in recent years, especially with a lot of recreational bettors where, you know, maybe you don't have a rooting interest. You don't see an edge on one team or another, but you see a lot of value on maybe Clayton Kershaw's over seven and a half strikeouts or under seven and a half strikeouts. So you see them a lot on, you know, baseball props overall. Um, anytime you're looking at an NFL Sunday, whether or not over under rushing yards, receiving yards for whoever it might be. But Ron, let me give you a good example here. You know, uh, in the NFL draft, I was, I, I'm a, I'm a loser. I'm a nerd. I love betting the NFL draft. And uh, wow. I found this, this, I know, Ron. See, you thought I was cool up until I told you that. But um, no, I wouldn't you know. go that far, Josh. <laughs> but that's fine. You will go ahead. I'll play along. So yeah, play along with me, Ron. Basically, here's a here's a prop bet that um, the loser that I am, I was very proud of. So um, we were talking at I was you know really dialed into the over under prop bets for players being drafted at whatever position. So good example was Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons, star linebacker, kind of Swiss Army knife, plays a bunch bunch of positions for Clemson. His over-under draft position was six and a half across the, the, the entire market. However, when you look at the juice, the juice was completely different at a bunch of different books. So one book I had access to, uh, Simmons, would he be drafted under the six and a half position, which means he would go six or lower, you know, one through six, was giving you plus 120 juice. Another book I had was giving Simmons over six and a half at plus 125 juice. So why is that important? It's important because, you know, I was able to bet both sides of that prop, the under six and a half and the over six and a half, knowing that I guarantee myself to win on a hundred dollar bet on both sides, at least 20 bucks or 25 bucks, because I'm getting plus money juice on both sides. So really when you're looking at arbitrage, you're looking at situations where you can bet both sides at a different book and have plus money and guarantee yourself, um, you know, profit either way. So there's somewhat more rare, um, you know, again, you have to have access to multiple books. Um, I had a buddy of mine I used to work with who called it Arb Life, Ron, where he would just every day look at the starting pitchers for that day. You know, 15 games in Major League Baseball, you're looking at 30 different starting pitchers. He'd go through every single pitcher and look at their over-under strikeouts at every book. And anytime he would get plus money on both sides of an over-under, he would hit that. It could be pl plus 110 one side, plus 108 the other 
guarantee yourself two cents. Again, you're not going to get rich, but it's a long, long grind with Arb Life where you can actually scalp, make some decent money overall. Yeah, if it sounds like a lot of work, you know something? It is. Uh, it's the old thing, gee, I wish there was a job I didn't have to do math. Well, in this one, you do. And so that's part of what Arb Life really is. And so if you're willing to dive into it, you can find yourself in a position to where you can profit and guarantee yourself a profit if you're keeping your eyes open. I mentioned in-game betting. Oh, touch on that because that's something we will talk about more at length in another program. But if you get some of these numbers in terms of a point spread or you see a money line or something along those lines where before the game it falls one way, you wait for the team that you're betting on to grab a lead. Let's say you bet the underdog and that underdog takes the lead. Suddenly the original favorite is the underdog in the middle of the game. You pound that at plus money and you've guaranteed yourself a profit. Doesn't happen all the time, but again, keep your eyes on the ball and you can give yourself these opportunities, Josh. Yeah, I think it's a great point, Ron. And to me, again, a lot of these, you know, arbitrage, middling type situations, trying to guarantee yourself a profit. Uh, a lot of opportunities are in baseball because it's a long season. There's so many games. No doubt. And really the uh, yeah, the, the kind of the advent and popularity of um, in-game wagering, live betting. You know, it was never really a big thing until, you know, past few years and kind of reading a lot of, you know, the future of sports betting, really live betting, in-game wagering, the lot. Line. You know, again, it's not the old school was you got to place a bet before the game starts. You got to bet, you know, spread money line over under. And, you know, maybe you can bet first half, second half, but you can never bet with during the game. And that completely changed once books were able to um, offer a live line where at any point in a game, numbers will change based on the score, who's winning, who's losing. But you can get down, you know, at any point overall. So good That's example good would be. Um, yeah, and that's key, Ron. And I think, you know, uh, one thing I always looked at is, uh, you know, let's say, good example, I remember there's a game last year where um, the Orioles, you know, I think they were like a crazy underdog, plus 400 or something against the Astros, and it was, you know, Verlander. Oh, I think I was on this game, too. I was on this game. I was on this game. <laughs> exactly. So this was great. You know, one of them, uh, and again, there's we should, you know, definitely caution our listeners, you know, laying minus 500 on a baseball favorite, no matter how <laughs> crazy you think it is. And they're guaranteed to win. Baseball's a crazy sport. Betting's a crazy sport. There's no such thing as a guarantee. There's no value betting, you know, that minus 500 Verlander against um, the Orioles because they're going to win the majority of the time. But you're going to have to risk a ton. And when you lose, you get crushed. But um, good example would be, you know, the Orioles. Let's say they're, um, I don't know, plus 400 or whatever the line mm -hmm. may be. You bet that plus 400 before the game starts. You're sitting on that ticket. And then the Orioles get out to a 3 nothing lead in the top of the first inning. And the live line changes. You know, it gets down closer to a pick 'em type game. Maybe the Orioles go up 5 nothing in the second inning. Now, instead of the Astros, you know, who are minus 500 for the game, now it's even. Now you now you could live line the Astros at plus 120, mm -hmm. plus one, you know, plus 130, whatever that number could Having be. Deja vu, even as we speak. <laughs> exactly, Ron. And that that's kind of the sort of thing where, um, you know, we all want to just you know, I think with betting, you know, do our homework, pick a side, root for that side to win. But you're kind of holding yourself back if you're not opening yourself up to these other opportunities where you can make money. So always remember, you know, the live line gives you uh, more situations to maximize your edge and, you know, bet maybe a favorite who's gotten down early and, you know, bet them to come back. But the name of the game is always, you know, trying to make money, trying to increase your chances of winning. And if you can arbitrage a bet or try to middle a bet, 
um, hedge a bet. It's all about trying to make money and uh, increase your chances of winning by having uh, maybe multiple bets to uh, to hopefully win you a few more units than you would have otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. And have the digital platform at your disposal. Use that. Use the apps. If you're going to be trying to chase this stuff running up to the counter in a bricks and mortar casino, uh, it's like trying to run away from a hurricane. You're just not going to be able to do it. So there you go. That's at least also a preview of when we talk about in-game betting on another show. But we certainly talked about, I love that term, the ARB life. Arbitrage, we've talked about hedging, we've talked about middling, and we've proven again that you don't have to play both ends against the middle. You can play the middle against both ends. If that's the takeaway, then, well, we've succeeded in our job of doing just a little bit more teaching on this edition of the Everything Guide to Sports Betting on VSIN. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.